Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we are here today for another episode of TTRPG Crowdfunding Review. This is the show where we come on every other week. Uh, we bring usually nine, today it's going to be six, different currently crowdfunding campaigns that are related to role-playing games or board games in some capacity. These are some ones that we've picked out that we think are very interesting, maybe some hidden gems that you may have missed. Not always the case. Uh, normally, we do have a third co-host, Ellen. Unfortunately, she's a bit under the weather, but we're going to carry on today and just do our six uh, on this glorious Super Bowl Sunday for those of you who celebrate. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi, and good morning on this wonderful Sunday. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, good. sir. Um, always a pleasure to get to spend some time with you and sharing our love of TTRPG and all related stuff with uh, our friends and, and our audience. Uh, our apologies for anyone who's been watching for a little while. We did have an audio issue. Thankfully, Tom jumped in to tell us that there was a problem. We fixed it. So that's why we're doing kind of this take two version. But hey, since we, we're down a co-host, it'll go faster. Show will still be about the same amount of time. Uh, I will once again take this opportunity to mention that I am going to be running a Kickstarter in just over two weeks. So two weeks from this coming Tuesday. So that is 16 days if I'm good at math and I am not. And uh, it is called Action 12 Cinema. It is a GMless zero prep role playing game that is designed to play over the top action stories uh, similar to the types of movies I grew up watching as a kid. And it also uses the D12, which is, of course, the best die. Okay. So with that out of the way, we're going to jump into the show proper. Um, as I have said before, and in some cases, um, just moments ago, often when I do these shows, I am looking for campaigns that are not quite there. They are diamonds in the rough. I think they're really cool projects, but they have not quite caught on. And maybe they are very close to funding, but they're, they're close enough that with our support, they might get there. My first one this week is not one of those. My first one this week is called Stone Saga, and it is currently at $941,000. So getting close to that $1 million mark. And its original goal was 75000 or more or less there. I think this is converted from um, UK pounds, I believe. Uh, or actually, it's Canadian whatever they use. I don't know. But anyway, it's doing really, really well. Uh, so there's a lot of prestige behind this. The designers are well-known. They've created other well-loved games. Uh, the marketing team behind this, again, this is a very professional, polished campaign. I have seen it in my personal Twitter and Facebook feed, so it's got a marketing behind it as well, uh, which probably helps you know, correlate either why it's doing so well or it's doing so well they've had the money they can put into marketing. But basically, it is a one-to-four co-op um, campaign style survival crafting board game set in a unique persistent world shaped by your choices. So each game session should take about an hour to two hours to play. They are saying that combined, you're going to play about a 30 plus hour totable, totable, total campaign play, which is also replayable. Uh, because there is an element to tile laying, which is randomized. So as you explore the board, you're going to flip over tiles and create the world you're in. So that is going to be different and unique every time you play. So you could play same characters, same game, but it's still going to be a little bit different based off of the choices you make and the randomness of the game built in. Uh, it, it has an element to me that the touch point for me is Minecraft. 
Uh, again, there might be other touch points for other people, but I have two younger boys who play Minecraft a lot. I've watched them play, and there does seem to be a similar element here where you're exploring a world, you're finding things. There's some crafting mechanics where you can put things that you have found together to create new things. So, like, you can find stick and wood, or excuse me, stick and stone and put them together. Now you have a spear, and then you can use that spear to do hunt and, you know, that kind of thing. Um so apparently the puck is what we were talking about here. Thank you, Larry, for that. Um, but it, again, the, the pedigree behind this game gives me a lot of confidence that it's going to do well, that it is well put together. There's lots of information on the Kickstarter about reviews that have gone out. I believe you can watch some Let's Play videos. I believe there are some reviews uh, from other sites that are already up here. So this isn't just a, a flash in the pan, hopefully do well. This is from a game company that knows what they're doing. Uh, their pre- previous campaign was for something called Mythwind. It also raised nearly a million dollars, had like 11,000 backers. It was widely successful. Um, it appears to be a little bit behind schedule, but it is in the shipping phase. So the game was completed and it is being shipped. It's just, I think they're like two months off of their target date, which honestly in Kickstarter terms is probably close enough. I would say that's pretty much on time uh, based on some of the others that I've seen. Uh, the game is expensive, so the base game, you're looking at $100 US, but really, if you're going to get into this game, you're probably going to come in at the second level, which is the base game, and includes both of the two expansions that are uh, initially offered, both of those. as I'm not really a fan of this, because I feel like if you're coming out with expansions, then that's really part of the core game. You should just put it all into the core game, but that's, you know, who am I? I don't know. They're, they're in a million dollars. They know more than I do. Uh but in the expansions, you get some additional cooking mechanics. You also get some uh, um, blended animal companion, companion mechanics, uh, additional cards, additional regions, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I would say if you're going to go in, you're probably going to go in at that. There's also an all-in pledge level that's basically $300, which includes both the expansions as well as some of these add-on things like deluxe dice uh, upgraded components of some sort of of some sort in that kind of thing. Shipping is extra. Uh, I believe it is based in the UK. It's or excuse me, US. It's like twenty five, thirty five, and forty based on if your core expansion or all in, uh, and then it's going to be kind of similar to that if you back other things um, for the other places it might go. So I think right now they've already unlocked eight different um, expand or excuse me stretch goals, and there's four or five listed that they're not far from. I think it's got about two weeks left to go. Let me double check that. I know I'm scrolling fast. No one's going to see that. My apologies. Uh, 16 days ago. Yeah. So basically this ends the same day mine goes live. Hey, hey, get that extra plug in there. So uh, you got two more weeks. I imagine they're going to hit all those other stretch goals. It's just doing too well. It's already so high. So as I was about to ask before Tom so rudely interrupted us to help us fix our stream, have you seen this one in your feeds, either Facebook or Twitter? No, this is a first take here. Everything you're telling me is hitting virgin ears, and I'm just soaking it in right now. Yeah, It looks very cool. It's a little expensive for me personally, as I had mentioned at the end of last year, because this is actually our second show this year, but uh, audio issues, uh, my fault. We didn't get that last one put out uh, to the wider audience. I'm trying to be very, very strict on what I do or do not spend this year uh, on some Kickstarter stuff. So I do not think I will be backing this one with my own personal money. We're going to play a game later. might come up again there. But uh, it does look very, very cool. And this is something that maybe I might pick up at a Gen Con or something in the future um, at some point. 
So unless you have anything to add, Larry, we can move on to your first one this week. Well, honestly, one of the neat things I see about this is it looks like it includes storage for your parts. You know, once you pop out all the little tiles and everything, it's mm-hmm. got all sorts of, uh, you know, divided uh, places to to hold everything. And I thought that was neat because a lot of times it seems like you get these big sets like this and then you have to actually look for the storage uh, otherwise. But like what you're talking about with the expansions and everything being sort of extra, but also it seems like it's part of the game, right? So you've got about 3,000 people at the core and expansion, which is almost twice what jump in at the core box. So it, it seems like a lot of your pledgers are also going for that. Yeah, I want the whole, what seems like the whole game there Yeah, for getting the expansions at the same time. So I mean, like you said, replayability here with the randomness of the terrain layout and then also the ability to do the crafting and things. There's a lot of different branches you could take. That's a great cooperative uh, longevity type game there, it seems like. Replayability. Yeah, if if you get the game and you enjoy it, so let's even say you put in $300, you go all in. If you're actually playing that for 30 hours, like if you like, this is a game, we really like it. We're going to play it every week for, you know, uh, half the year. That's well worth three hundred dollars. I mean, that's Absolutely. like three trips to the movies for a family, or you know, a, yes. three video games for the PS Five or whatever. You know, so yeah, it's definitely a value if you actually enjoy this game and you're going to play it as much as it offers you the playability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, that would be well well worth it. All righty. So with that, we're going to move on to your first one this week. All right, number one. I'm starting out with a. Uh, Monty Cook Games Adventures in the Cypher System. Uh, this one is on Backer Kit, um, <clears throat> and this, they have done several through several uh, this way, where it you know feels like a a pre order basically because they have a lot of things lined up and a lot of things already out for the Cypher System, which are all available at different levels here. But this one again is Adventures in the Cypher System. It had a goal of fifty thousand dollars. And it's just over 530000 at this point left. It's got 12 more days to run. So the 24th uh, of February is when you would want to you know, jump in before that time if you want to grab some of this. Which um, is a reminder, four days before my Kickstarter goes Kickstarter. live. Yeah, that's gonna, we're just, that is the sun right now. We revolve <laughs> around that launch date. So we'll have to play off that some more. Uh, but if if you're not familiar with the Cypher system, Monty Cook's got this uh, game he brought out, what, 10 Roughly, I think 10 years ago is when they maybe formed Money Cook Games, but this has been their flagship product uh, as far as basing other games off of it. They've released a lot of setting systems or setting books for this system. This uh, is adding to that library here. Uh, so specifically with this um, Kickstarter here, they've they've hit the, the stretch goals that they had put up so far. Um, they're going to have an adventure book here that's part of the kickstarting stretch goals. And it's even bigger at this point, but the two core products here that they are getting the money together for, for the printing and everything is uh, a genre book here. The first one is rust and redemption. And it is like a post-apocalyptic disaster type thing. And uh, this has got all of the setting specific things to run a cipher system adventure in that setting where uh, Armageddon has happened and things are not as they used to be. So uh, this tailors your game with that, uh, with the specific types of, of classes and equipment and abilities that your character can be uh, uh, given. Everything is tailored to that sort of dismal future where you're trying to eke uh, out, out of existence there. Uh, the other book that they're bringing out with this one is um, a magic book here and it is called uh, only Ma- it's only magic um 
excuse me, and this is going to be tailored more towards your spellcasting fantasy type uh, genre. And again, it takes everything that you would want to build a character to thrive in that sort of storybook fantasy genre and allows you to build your uh, character there to run in the cipher system. Um, those again, it's way over it's 10 times its funding goal. So they've hit their stretch goals. And one of the things that they had in here was a cipher system bestiary. So you're going to have a booklet of monsters coming along. And that is an unlocked stretch goal that they made a poster map. They've added creatures, um, another creature deck, which is their cards uh, system. And that's one of the things that they have as accessories for the game is monster cards or creature cards. And they have, the information and a picture of the creatures on their cards, which you can you know, show your players. Then on the other side, you've got the their system is, is simple enough to where they don't really have stat blocks as much as if they have an ability for the creature and a level for the creature. And that gives you everything you really need to know as a GM to run the system because it's all based on a, unless you're playing their super system, it's, it's based like on a one to 10 level and everything follows from that as far as the difficulty and your characters interacting with that creature or person, uh, how difficult things are going to be. So the, the simplified system is really nice uh, from a running standpoint as far as GMing it. Um, they also added, uh, again, the adventure book was increased in size. So I think there are a total of eight adventures in it now since they've hit their stretch goals there. Uh, and they're cruising towards a recently added another uh, XP deck, which is another one of their deck cards, which these uh, give your adventurers experience points in order to either level up and increase their abilities uh, as characters, or you can uh, spend your XP to change, uh, help other players or yourself re-roll uh, things of that nature. And they're handy to use at the table. Um, but the biggest part, I think, honestly, is is the add-on levels and the pledge levels on this. If you're not familiar with this and you're wanting to get into the Cypher system, they have pledge levels here that will allow you to get the core book, which is a, I think it was somewhere near 500 pages. It was a, it was a large book. Um, but they're also releasing a deluxe version of it, which has the same material, but it's, it's got a lot of embellishments to it. They're releasing a starter system box set to get you into the system at a relatively inexpensive price. Most of their core books run about $50. The starter set's less expensive. It includes everything you'll need to get started. Um, wow. I sound like a shill for money cook here, but this, <laughs> this, uh, uh, crowdfunding here is going to let you, if you're interested, you get, you can get in and you can pretty much pick up through pledge levels or add-ons, any of their previously released books in PDF or in print. Uh, and speaking of print and pre PDF, it's going to be uh, $20 to get in on one of these. Uh, and that's going to be for the PDF or it's $50 to get in and you'll get the uh, PDF and the print version. Uh, you also will get the, cipher system core book in pdf if you pledge uh in here as well now if you want it in print it's going to cost more than that but um expecting to deliver these january of 2024 for the rust and redemption post-apocalyptic book and they're just saying early 2024 like the first quarter uh for the starter set and the it's only magic book so those are going to be a year away here but um again if you're interested and want to take a look at this, this if you want to jump in, there are pledge levels to suit you. You can go in all, you can go in very small and just get some, you know, some PDFs here or 
like 80, 95 pounds worth of printed material easily if you want to go uh, jump in on that. But um, shipping will be determined afterwards. Most of the time, what they will do is you'll you'll get issued a coupon to go to their store whenever things are ready. And you put in the coupon, so it'll actually reduce the price of the item to nothing. And then you'll have to pay the shipping there. Yep. I believe the last time I got two hardbacks and the shipping was about nine, nine or ten dollars uh, for those. And that's in the U.S. anyways. Yeah. But uh, Money Cook Games is a very clean, <clears throat> excuse me, a very clean interface. Like these are premium products. They're extremely well put together. Lots of art. Just it's top notch. It is expensive though, but I think you're getting what you pay for. I believe you. I agree too. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that's going to probably wrap up this one again. It's more or less if you're, you know, if you're interested in it, jump in. And if you're just curious, you can jump in at an early le- or low level or even just read up about it and see if this might be your thing because there's uh, another what 12 days left to go. Yeah, I definitely, um, like I'm a big fan of starter sets in general. So that might be something I would look at. But again, right now, probably won't back it here, but I'm sure there'll be a retail version of that at some point in time. So at some point, I will definitely have the Cypher System starter set. It's just a matter of when. Um, Ellen is not here, but she did give us her her selection. So I will just mention quickly that her first selection would have been the Electrum Archive, which is on Kickstarter. I believe all of hers are part of the Zine. February is a big Zine month or zine, zine, I don't know. Uh, it is at $30,000 on a goal of 6800 so it's well-funded as well. It's got 15 days to go, so it will end the same day that my Kickstarter goes live. You know, So if you're, hmm. if you're tracking, uh, that was the one she was going to cover. All right, so my second one this week is the Hollow Book Dice Tower. This is also on Kickstarter. Now, I've mentioned before that I... I like the idea of dice towers, and I actually really enjoy the sound of dice tumbling through dice towers. But generally speaking, I would never pay for a dice tower because I just think they're way too expensive. And I believe I have shared before on social media that I made my own dice tower out of like four PVC 90-degree elbows. So it literally mm-hmm. cost me like a dollar eight and some tape. And I have a really cool dice tower. It's attached to my DM screen. I just dropped the dice and they roll out right in front of me. It was literally less than $2. I absolutely love it. But another thing that I love are things that look like books and are not books. So this has brought together a couple things that I really like. The Hollow Book Dice Tower on Kickstarter. It's already double funded. They had a goal of 2,000. They're about 4,300 right now. There's still 12 days to go. So it ends four days before my Kickstarter goes live. And it is basically what it says on the tin. It is a wooden dice tower that doubles as a dice tray as well as a dice tower. But it is made to look, I'm going to say, kind of like a book. So I don't know that you would confuse it with a book if it was on your bookshelf unless you had some very specific books beside of it because it's, you know, it's kind of unique looking. But if you had if you had several of these together, they would look like books. Or if you had it on the right bookshelf with like a mixture of older, uh, thicker books, you might be able to actually trick someone into believing they're not a real book. But either way, uh, it's a book that you open up the uh, the basically the the part that would be inside the flap is a dice tray. There's a little piece inside that you flip open that makes your dice tower. So the dice go through, tumble out into the book opening uh, that you would have. There are three designs they have called just monster, dragon, and then kraken. 
Um, each of these is $75, which is way more than I would ever spend on a dice tower. But I might spend that on a dice tower that also looks like a book. Because again, you're hitting two things that I really, really like here. Uh, I will note that even though this is very successful, it's like $4,000, that's only 31 backers. So because the product is kind of expensive, they don't have thousands and thousands of backers. And I would actually count this as a positive because if you look, this is the first campaign that this company has done. And there's some information about basically who these people are. It's a a couple. I don't know if they're like a romantic couple, but it's two people that uh, that are doing this. This is their first time they've created. They've never backed one. To me, that's always a bit of a red flag. But in this case, the fact that it's not that expensive, or excuse me, it's not that many backers. I think there's a really good chance they're going to be able to hit these targets. Hopefully it comes out, it exceeds expectations, and they can roll this into future products, maybe maybe even bring the price down per unit if they get more people that will back them. Uh, but just keep in mind, again, anytime you're backing something, they've never produced anything before, it's something you should be uh, aware of, if not concerned. Um, so there are... Um, so for $75, you get the Monster Hollow Book Dice Tower, but no deck. So if you look at the Kickstarter, they have also included a sort of a, a deck box, as you can see here in the picture, that matches the uh, artwork that's used to make the, the tower. And I think this would be for like uh, spell cards, item cards, monster cards. They can really be whatever you would want. It also fits into that opening when the book is closed. So it all fits as a, as a complete thing. But if you want that as well, it's an additional $10. So you're looking at $85 per. So you get the, the whole thing for $85. Shipping will be extra later. It's supposed to be delivered later this year, April 2023. So we're only a couple months away. Uh, so I'm guessing they've got some of these already made and are, are going to make the rest to order. It has the dimensions. It has some uh, other people who've already looked at these. So you can see some reviews and that kind of thing. Uh, but if dice towers and or things that look like books but are not... This is one you should check out. Anything on this one, Larry? Yes. Uh, looking at it, it seems like they were, I think it's a smart move here. They have limits on everything so that they're not going to get, you know, swamped with that. Right. So they, I think most of them are limited to 12 or 15 uh, of each type of box there. But uh, I really, I, there's a little blurb inside of one of here. One of these where it says it'll handle any amount of any reasonable amount of dice, except like if you're rolling twelve d12s, you might run into issues. Well, so it's out there. I think they're targeting you. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. Uh, the finish on those is really nice. But again, like you said, uh, dice towers are. I think it's a love or hate thing, and I've never been really happy with them. The amount of space they tend to take up is. Uh, you know, uh, kind of defeats the purpose of trying to randomize your dice. Uh, I have a tray, but uh, these are beautiful and again, uh, gorgeous looking. And it would look pretty neat to just pull it out of your bookshelf. And, you know, in a moment later, you've got yourself your dice tower sitting there. Yeah, there, there's definitely sort of a, a wow factor of like, hey, look at this book. Oh, no, it's a dice. Yeah, like you're you're definitely going for it for that with that one. But uh, I thought it was cool. Happy to mention it. Again, they've already been successful. They don't necessarily need our support. But as always, if you end up backing this because of us, let them know. Yeah. All exactly. right. So your second one this week, sir. Uh, this is a Kevin Crawford take on cyberpunk. This one is called Cities Without Number, and it's his version of a cyberpunk, cyberpunk tabletop RPG. Now, he's also put out Stars Without Number, Worlds Without Number, and seems to have a pretty strong following whenever he does his Kickstarters. Uh, they are 
limited as far as the scope. It's very specific. This is what I'm, this project's going to be. Uh, you know, he has an idea in mind of how big it's going to be. So there generally aren't significant stretch goals that will make it unwieldy or not. And again, uh, the same thing along with this one. Uh, the only stretch goals here uh, were, and they have both been met. Um, he's going to have a an open license that Cities Without Number is going to be released under. So anybody can sign on to it and use it. Um, and he said he's going to put it, it as a license because even though he feels like you should be able to do that anyways, he wants to put it in writing so people will know that uh, you know what that they're protected and using it and and things of that nature. And he's also doing uh, the he's writing a Kickstarter techniques that he's going to be putting out on drive through, and this is going to be free since it was done as a stretch goal because he's he's had several successful Kickstarters, and he's just going to be putting out a short guide on how he has done his in the past and things that he's learned from that. So uh, hopefully that will help people, you know, with uh, their own Kickstarters coming up soon. Ooh, of interest for me, because I have one coming out soon. But you do, may, not, huh? may not have time to get this before that. So maybe I'll just be able to go, oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. That's, I did that wrong. Well, yes, maybe you can. Well, anyway, yes, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully it does help. But this one has got 16 days left. It's going to be finishing up on the 28th of February. Which is um, the day mine goes live. Again, we're just keeping up with that. People are really yeah, placing themselves around that. They want to free up uh, your pocketbook for that cutoff date. So uh, this had an initial goal of 40000 and it's up to 282000 at this point. Um and again, this is following along in the the sort of line of his previous ones where he did Stars Without Number, a sci-fi uh, system that's got a lot of world building, system building type of things that you can use that are uh, system agnostic as far as you don't have to use his system, but you can use this book to provide yourself a lot of tools to make things. And this follows uh, that suit. The world of Chrome and Rust is what he's going with on this one um, as far as the theme here. So it's going to have uh, full-fledged system-neutral toolkits in here for building out a cyberpunk world of your own. And he also has an old-school gaming system to play it with. So it's a standalone game here. It's compatible with his previous one, Stars Without Number, Worlds Without Number. Uh, and... Again, this one here is, is targeting in on your cyberpunk stuff, allowing you this booklet, um, as his past ones have have been, are valuable world-building resources for the genre you're looking for. And again, everything is designed that way to be pulled out and used to build it to whatever system you want. If you want to take this book and add it to your Shadowrun campaign, there's going to be helpful things in here. It just depends on if you're interested in going in on it. Uh, if you have looked at any of uh, his other works on drive through or something and like the way his style and what he provides, recommend this to add to any cyberpunk campaign that you're going to be uh, you know, running or coming up with shortly. Um, so you know, he's got 11 of these uh, created already and backed 11 on Kickstarter here. Um, the stretch goals we mentioned already, the entry pledge on this one is $25 for the PDF. Um, now that's going to be for the deluxe version. He'll also release a free version that is uh, gotten uh, like just stock art and is very plain, but you should be able to also get that. Um, take a look at that if you just want to see what the product is going to be like in the future. Um, it's $80 for an offset print. This will also include a PDF and this will get you media mail shipping. So that's already, that's going to be a one and done pricing there. Uh, mm -hmm. February, 2024 is when he expects to bring this one out here. Um, 
So you've got about a year to look ahead for that. But again, with his offset books, they are very nice quality. I've got two of them so far. Uh, I, I, I won't, I can't say enough good stuff about if this is down up your alley with the cyberpunk, I would seriously take a look at this one and uh, see if it mentions the things that excite you about world building, because um, he starts, if you've backed it, you'll, you'll already be getting the um, beta type documents to look at and see, uh, you know, I've got a couple of them in the emails already. So you can really dive into this stuff and uh, again, take a look at it. If you have any interest in cyberpunk, uh, as a game or as a genre. Uh, right. The only, I was going to say, he's going to deliver DHL internationally, and you're going to have to be aware that the shipping on that, you're going to have to look into that specifically because it's not been determined yet. And of course, shipping right now, and I'm sure in the future, is still going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so looking at Ellen's, her second one this week was Lord Sworn. Uh, this is actually one I was looking at, but when I saw that she had taken it, I didn't. And then, uh, so I did not dig in too deep, but a Lord Sworn is a GMless game, which is what drew me to it. Uh, it is about a band of broken soldiers trying to return home during the apocalypse. Your God is dead and you only have each other now. This one also ends on February 28th. Let me remind you that is when Action 12 Cinema goes live. Uh, it is well-funded. It's over $5,000 on the original goal of less than 1000 uh, so if that's one that might be of interest to you, then you should check that one out as well. All right. Uh, my third one for this week is called Hollywood 1947, a movie-making game of strategy and deception. Now, this one only has like four days left right now. It'll have three by the time this probably comes out audio only. Normally, we try not to make them that tight. Uh, but this one stood out to me for a couple of reasons. One is based in Dayton, Ohio, which I think is really wild because that's where a catacon is. So and if you're keeping score, that's the other Kickstarter I run every year is for a catacon. It's in Dayton, Ohio, November each year. And I have never heard of these people, but apparently they have run four very successful Kickstarters. This one is at six or $628,000 currently on original goal of 30,000. This, I believe, is their fourth or fifth one they have done. They're, this is their fifth. All their others have been wildly successful. They've raised over $2 million on Kickstarter already, not counting this one. And they're based in Dayton, Ohio. I'm going to try to track these people down and see if they'll come to a catacon. But um, so this one stuck out to me because, one, it's about movies, which, again, in Action 12 Cinema, I love movies. And this is kind of a social deduction, think werewolf-style game or mafia um, where – you uh, you run a studio in Hollywood in 1947, but your studio has been infiltrated by communists, and they are trying to slip in communist propaganda into your films. And the government has gotten word of this, and you're basically your your uh, studio is being observed by the government for possible uh, cancellation because of communist propaganda. So essentially what happens is if each game you are dealt a card and you're either secretly a communist, secretly a patriot, or secretly a rising star. There's only one of those per game. And it plays over several rounds. And basically you're making a different movie and, you know, much like other social deduction games, there's a number of cards that have to be put into a pile. They're put in secretly. Some of those are revealed. People are lying about what role they have. But if the secret communists win that round, then that movie is scored as a communist propaganda film. And if the Patriots win, then it is scored as a normal 
patriotic American movie and you play until um, either one side wins with four or the other side wins with four. However, if you are the rising star, your goal is to be in as many movies as possible. So the rising star, there's only one of those per game. They win if they can force the game to go all the way to nine rounds and the last game end in a tie so that neither of any of the other two win. So if there's four for the communists and four for the patriots, and then that fifth or the ninth one is a tie, then that person can win solo. I enjoy these types of games. I don't like to play them a whole lot, like you know, one or two rounds, and usually I'm I'm done. Uh, there's one that came out recently. We have we played at the uh, Catacon Retreat. We really liked. It's something Ninja Night of the Ninja. I think it's a really fun version of that game. Uh, this seems to be kind of in the vein of that, where you you do play over rounds. You don't win or lose instantly. If you get kicked out, it's only a short term, and then you get to play again, rather than like a hundred person version of Werewolf, where you're out for you know an hour type of a thing. I love the movie theming. Uh, I love love the components. It also comes in a book. You can see on the main screen there that the uh, the the case that the game comes in sort of looks like an old red leather bound Hollywood style journal. Uh, I believe that is for the deluxe edition only. So this one ends again a couple weeks. It's going to end right around the time that uh, Catacon goes live. The base game is going to cost you about $27, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it does come with a costumes pack, which I believe is just some additional cards that show like what costume you might look for the various movies. I don't think it changes the game at all. It's just like an extra accessory. Uh, and then $44 will get you the deluxe version, which I think is the one that comes in the red uh, book here. You can see if you're looking at the video now. Uh, but yeah, this one looks really fun to me. I like the theming. I like the type of game. Uh Sounds cool. And the fact that it's from Dayton, Ohio, just also attracts it to me as well. So any thoughts on this one, sir? Yes, it's a very neat looking uh, system. Um, looking through it, the whole point, you know, balancing out so you're not going to look like a uh, a communist, which would you know be viewed as a bad thing in 47. And that's uh, <laughs> kind of a neat way to look at it. Um, yeah, this is affordable it's not i mean for a board game where you're getting all these kind of pieces and stuff it doesn't uh, the pricing is it's really reasonable yeah i think so too i think it's a very reasonable price for what you're getting uh, even at the deluxe version i think that's a reasonable price so yes uh, they do have one in here that you can get like all the games they have made so like they have uh salem 1692 Tortuga 1667 deadwood 1867 and bristol 1350 apparently all their games are place and date, I guess that that's the thing they're going for. Uh, so for like 150, you can get all the games they've previously produced, which I always think is a cool thing if you've got multiple in there. Um, speaking of communism, I kind of feel like that's still generally accepted to be a bad thing. I know that like, oh, like yeah. I, I'm okay. a left-leaning person pretty heavily, so like there are certain things like socialized medicine I'm all for, but I still use communism as an insult in my family. We joke around like if like we make like spaghetti, and one of my kids are like, I don't want spaghetti. I'm like, what are you, a communist? Um, right. So now Could they say that back that. like anytime we, we say something like, what are you, a communist? I don't know. I think it's funny. So my apologies if I offended anybody, but I just think it's funny to call people a communist when they don't like normal things. Okay, yeah, I didn't mean, yeah, I wasn't, I'm tongue-tied now at this point, I, yeah, just. I wasn't trying to call you, I just, I thought it's funny, I wanted to bring up the thing that I call my kids communists, because I think it's funny. 
<laughs> I'm sure they do too. Get a kick out of it. Yeah, I did say it at work once, and somebody looked at me really weird, and I'm like, "Did I just offend them?" They didn't bring it up. I didn't get called HR, but uh, I don't say it at work anymore. I just say it at, at home. Oh, okay, understandable. All right. So your last one for this week is Northland Saga. This is Lord of Ice and Cold. This one is being hosted on Indiegogo. This one is uh, met their funding goal. This one's done by Frog God Games. Uh, let me see here. They have, they, I think the Indiegogo here is a little bit, uh, it doesn't give you as much information on them as it does for Kickstarter, but they've launched several here, um, almost uh, 30 campaigns that they've got uh, here, which I believe all have been successful. This is the beginning of the Northland saga. This is planned to be a uh, adventure path with, I know they've already announced two more adventures to follow these two. So I think they're looking for a, a six or more adventures in the total um, adventure path here, but this is a Viking fantasy. Uh, this one here is got two introductory adventures and a player's guide. And that's what this uh, crowdfunding is for the printing and distribution of those. This is going to be a uh, fantasy setting it's going to be available for fifth edition dungeons and dragons castles and crusades and also the uh, ose old school essentials and each one of those would be a separate pledge so if you are looking to get one two or three of those systems it's going to just increase your uh your amount uh that you need to pledge to get those but Excuse me. Um, the options that they have here are a player's guide to the Northlands, which is going to let you customize your players, or excuse me, your characters. Your players will probably not change too much. Yeah. But your characters can be customized to take advantage of the locale here with uh, archetypes, equipment, and depending on your system, how your characters are, are uh, differentiated in that particular system, they're going to be tailored to that. So either th through your D and D versions with, um, you know, or your, your archetypes and different types of, of classes that you go through, everything's going to be more available to customize. So your player's guide is coming in at, uh, let's see, $18, and that will get you the soft cover and the PDF here. Then they have two separate adventures here. Spring Rites is the first introductory adventure for this, and you're uh, in the, the retinue of a Jarl, and the idea is he's sending his daughters out to gather up flowers and things to do some ceremonies in the spring, and you're supposed to keep them uh, safe and protected. It's nothing will happen, don't worry. Oh no, they've been kidnapped by uh, yes. some some creatures in the area, and you've got to go and rescue them. So, Who yeah, would the have idea... thought something could go wrong? Right. There's just a little trip up here, a little mix up. So the idea is you're at the very, you're not even noticed by the Jarl. You just happen to be, hey, you, you know, this should, nothing's going to happen. You guys, you know, send them off to keep, keep track of my daughters. So you've got to, hopefully you're successful and you're able to track them down, rescue them and uh, keep the uh, daughters from being uh, sacrificed and used in a horrible ceremony. And then brought back, assuming you, you're able to do that successfully, that would lead you uh, into the follow-up adventure to that one, which is Spears in the Ice, in which case you move up in the uh, the Jarl's uh, contingent. So now you're, you're not on a first-name basis, but he knows you well enough that you're going to get to uh, go out on a longship tour journey with him as part of the crew. Well, in this adventure, you come upon a, a city, like a floating city that's trapped inside of ice, and then you go to explore that. And the idea is that it's not boring. 
something is going to happen here. So these are the first two introductory adventures. And again, this is going to be a planned adventure path. Uh, they mentioned that there are a couple more uh, Vengeance of the Long Serpent and Beyond the Wailing Mountains will be coming down uh, further in a few months. They'll also be setting these up here on uh, Indiegogo to be crowdfunded. But that's something if you want to take a look at this and get in early. If you plan on running this adventure path, it's going to be being released over the next few months. Um, there are also a couple freebies here you can pick up. Uh, Heroes of the Lost Lands is a little free PDF that you can pick up that's got trinkets in it that's specifically written to go along with this theme here. And then once they hit the halfway mark on the uh, campaign, as far as time because they're they've already well funded uh they're going to give out the secrets of the lost lands uh it's a little city uh and then it'll be a free pdf and you can follow along this uh indiegogo to see where to get those at um but again ken uh ken um i'm sorry i, I just lost it ken spencer is the author for this and he i've got several of his in the past been very happy with uh his the stuff that he's written um Again, uh, if you do overseas, you can get the print-on-demand version, and then you'll get it. So shipping will be cheaper for you, but it's it's not going to be the saddle-stitch version. If you're in the U.S., uh, you can get that. That's what you'll be getting as a print uh, version. But you can pick up the player's guide separately, or you can pick up the uh, adventures separately, or you can get all three together if you wish. Um, and those should be estimated shipping is pretty soon. Uh May of this year, 2023, is what they're looking at for the saddle stitch versions. And I think it's June for the print on demand. All right. Very cool. Yeah, we've uh, featured some Frog God games several times. I know that you're that very much in your wheelhouse and the, the style of games and one of the companies that you follow. And um, Edwin, who I believe is the, is the CEO of Frog God Games. He's um, their 5E conversion specialist. Okay. Um, he is contacted our show a couple of times, been very thankful for us to, to highlight some of their products. So I'm um, happy to see them doing well and, and continuing on. Uh, and I will mention uh, Ellen's last one for this week would have been Sanctuary Sentinel, which is also a Zion this month on Kickstarter. This one has not yet reached its goal. Its goal was 4,000. It's at 3,700. So it's just over $200 away. It's still got 18 days to go. So it ends a few days after my Kickstarter goes live February 28th, in case you were forgot already. Uh, and this is two full GMless games about a place of great power and the guardians charged with protecting it. So we got some GMless um, theming going on here. So another one you might want to look at. So what we do here at the end of all of our little shenanigans is we play a game. It's called the Going Last Memorial Pickstarter event. And this is in uh, honor of one of my favorite uh, podcasts, Going Last, which unfortunately pod faded many years ago. But Rich and Kenna were well-loved part of my life for a very long time. I had the pleasure of uh, interacting with both of them uh, in live events as well as doing some podcasts with them. And they had a show where they would often talk about Kickstarters. Back then, it was only Kickstarter, really. But you know, we've expanded to other crowdfunding platforms. And they would play a game at the end of each episode where they would take all the ones they talked about and they would pretend in their head they they would make believe that they had all the imaginary money in the world but they could only spend it towards one kickstarter they could spend it at whatever level within that kickstarter they wanted but in doing so they would be unable to ever 
play or even interact with any of the other products. So even if, if Larry backed those hollow uh, dice towers and wanted to give me one, no, I would have to take it and burn it. If I wouldn't even be able to touch it, I would have to like close my eyes and wear gloves and then throw it into a fire because I can't see, touch, hold, or interact with it in any way. So that is the game we play. It's the Going Last Memorial Kickstarter event. So Larry, of the six official ones we covered today, so we're not looking at Ellen's, unfortunately, so just the three I brought and the three you brought, all the imaginary money in the world, which one are you going to pickstart? Uh, thank you for bringing this one to the fore. Um, the Dark City Series Deluxe uh, Pledge at $149. I'm going to go in on that and explore Tortuga and Bristol and Salem and just see what this game is all about. Because the settings, the times, uh, those are just like iconic and like you know a lot of stuff's going on there. So I want to see how this plays and I'm definitely going to check it out. Very cool. I Imaginarily, cannot, no. Exactly. In, in, your imag- <laughs> in your imagination. Um, of the ones you brought, Cypher System is the one that would pull at me a little bit. I have backed many Monty Cook Games Kickstarters over the years. Um, I still don't, I don't feel any sense of badness for that, but I very rarely play their games. But uh, I like they're no longer the young up-and-comer anymore. I think they're a well-established game company, but there was a time when they were kind of new on the block and... Yes, I was happy to throw money their way and support them. I've never been upset by what I've gotten from them. They're very beautiful books. They're definitely well-loved, if not well-used. I do think Software System is a very cool system, and I think more people should check it out. But I think I would lean towards Stone Saga only because, again, that's a lot of money because I would go with the all-in level, everything, 300 bucks plus shipping. It's going to be almost $400 total, but it's co-op. It's a lot of gameplay, and if I can get my kids to play it, if they do enjoy that game, then that's something I'm actually going to get to the table and play with them. So I think uh, if I'm playing with other people's money, I would take the risk at the all-in level for Stone Saga. All right. Well, that uh, makes sense to me. Awesome. Well, Larry, as always, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Um, any further got plans? shout-out. For... Oh, okay. yeah, please, I... please go ahead. Okay, yeah, for, well, first, it goes without saying that it will be Action 12 Cinema when that comes around. But this week, just a couple of days ago, After Winter Dark uh, was released on Kickstarter, and it's a Troll Lord Games. Uh, they're doing redoing the their aired fantasy campaign setting. They've got uh, deluxe versions in there. They're redoing their monster book uh, with Castles and Crusades, but this is going to be in without the OGL uh, involvement at all. So they're redoing their monster blocks. Um and uh, that's just one I wanted to, it just launched a couple of days ago on Kickstarter. Check it out if you're interested in castle, Castles and Crusades or, or uh, their setting. Fantastic. That's- so, yeah, I, I think you'd even tell me you wanted to do that, and I forgot, so my apologies. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention Action 12 Cinema. You may not have heard of it, but it's a game that I designed. Oh. It's a GMless game about over-the-top action movies. It heavily uses the D12, which, as we know, is the pinnacle of the polyhedral. It's the absolute best die to roll at the table. Uh, that is launched in February 28th, if you've not heard that before. Uh, but, Larry, where can people find you on the Internet if they want to come hang out with you, talk to you about your game opinions, or interact with you? Where are you at? I'm still lurking over on Twitter, just trying to keep my head down as best as possible. But that's primarily if you have crowdfunding information, questions about any of the things we've covered on the show, you know, just send it there. Fantastic. Uh, as yes. for myself, at the RPG Academy is where I can be found most often. Uh, pretty much anywhere you search, if you find it, it's probably me. I am still active on Twitter. I'm trying to hold on there as long as possible because, as I've said before, I have friends that I only have because of 
Twitter. So I, it actually means a lot to me, and I would hate to see it go away completely. So I'm still there. But really, Discord is probably the best place to interact with me. We have our own Discord community here at the RPG Academy. If you want in, all you got to do is ask. I'll send you the invite. It's a lovely bunch of people. It's my favorite corner of the Internet. We're on there pretty much every day talking about our pets, our favorite movies, book recommendations, sharing positive stories, reaching out to each other for support when things are not going well for various reasons. So it's a very lovely community. Well, would love to have more people there. And if you like the show Smallville, check out Farm to Fable. It's another podcast that I'm doing. Uh, We are right in the middle of season five coverage. So we've almost hit the halfway point through the series. Uh, Really enjoying the show, really enjoying the various co-hosts I have for that one. And I would like more people to check that out as well. Uh, But with that, I think we're done for today. So I will just say that If you're having fun, you're doing it right. And if you're not, you're a communist. See you next time. (laughs) Good day. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show, and if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash therpgacademy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.